Magical Mystical Journeys. I'm Amy Renee, practitioner of shamanic arts. And today I'm here with Katie and Andrea. Katie, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Katie Valentine. I'm a New Testament scholar. I'm a Christian minister and I'm a metaphysical teacher. And um, I'm excited about today. I'm Andrea St. Amand. I'm an evidential psychic medium. And today we're going to be talking about the energy of the inner child. We may think of this as play and fun, right? You think of the inner child and it's like play and fun, which it does include, but also the inner child who is hurt and wounded and might want to throw a temper tantrum. Working with the energy of the inner child can be a very valuable resource, especially on our magical mystical journey. Yeah, we're going to be covering something, uh, that's near and dear to my heart. And that is resistance to this work at all resistance to even acknowledging that there is a past version of you still living inside of you or an inner child inside of you. Yep. We're also going to be talking about um, all the different parts of your inner, inner child, the one that helps you play. That's one that I forget to do a lot. And also the part of your inner child that needs healing and that can aid you in your journey. Uh, so hopefully this topic makes sense to why I kind of answered the the question of introducing yourself as if I, I was a bratty little child. <laughs> and how the inner child can really be an ally to our spiritual journeys. So let's start with a big question. Why are we having this topic, Katie? Yeah, so I, I found whenever I do inner child work, it's a pretty powerful tool. I often, when I'm, as Andrea mentioned, like meeting resistance or feeling really wounded over something that's really, my mind knows it's not a big deal. I can often dive into that inner child kind of pieces of me to see what's going on. You know, where did I have an experience where I might have a little bit of arrested development? And so for me, giving myself some permission to play with my inner child or give my inner child a hug is, is really valuable. And it also, once I get used to it, it doesn't take all that long. It's a process I can do in like a, often a minute or two and let that kind of evolve over my day. So for me, doing the inner child work is um, sometimes annoying, but also really healing. Andrea, what comes up for you? Why are we having this conversation? You know. I agree with everything Katie said, and I think it's just another tool to be aware of all the facets of our being and all those facets include not just in the moment who we are today, but it includes all of our experiences and everything that got us here. And, and actually the two of you are the ones who helped me start this work and do it in a way that Katie mentioned is just like a quick tool because I was sharing something with you and all of a sudden one of you said, this is a while ago, not on a recording. It's like you triggered something in me to make me realize like, oh, if I go back to when I'm nine, the same experience was happening and I'm responding to it now as a grown adult, like the nine-year-old, like I just wanted to go run and hide. And so just being aware of that in that moment, suddenly there was so much healing and reconciliation there. Just And it was it, it was profound and quick so powerful how when we have that presence how we can choose differently instead of like responding and to me there's a reclaiming of our innocence of our curiosity of those parts of us who might be wounded you know by integrating these pieces of our our past or how the inner child might be showing up in this very present moment Wow. Like it just, it has shifted my life in so many profound ways. And that's really why, you know, I feel why this episode is even we're discussing this. So, and I feel like, uh, I think it was you, Andrea, that brought up, why is there resistance to our inner child? You want to speak on that a little bit? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think that in a lot of popular culture, when inner child work has come up, it's been, it has struck me as a bit shallow and that your inner child's supposed to be this playful, happy little butterfly. And that's not how I experienced childhood. There were certainly wonderful memories, um, but my inner child is pretty traumatized and I think the resistance for me has been, I don't want to, I, 
I don't want to just play. <laughs> the resistance has been probably some resistance to playfulness and um, just being sort of whimsical when there's actually a whole bunch of trauma under there. So, but when we work with it, what I really realized was the resistance was that that child needed to be heard. And I have to say this, this is after a whole bunch of PTSD therapy, a whole lot of trauma therapy, and I'm still having resistance to that playful version of the inner child. But I think that past self of me still needs to really be heard before we can get to the playful part. And I think that's, for me, I think that's indicative of my childhood that that traumatized child wasn't ever being heard and instead being forced to pretend like everything was okay. So that's been my resistance to this work. But even having that come into my awareness has been profoundly healing. Right. That ability to listen to and like, I feel like it's okay. Like sometimes that inner child does not want to play. And when we can create that space to like be okay with that and be with that, then I feel like it opens us up to, okay, we get to the point of now I'm ready to play, you know, but really listening and honoring. I think that's a key piece. How about you, Katie? Have you ever had any uh, resistance to inner child or why someone might have resistance? Yeah, tons of everything you all said kind of resonated with me too. And I'm also thinking of a lot of anxious children I know and very anxious children will put on a facade of play and of merriment to have adults like them. Yes. Right. But they're not truly playing. Um, and I, I love it when I just look at a child and they're totally lost in the moment and they're just playing, you know, they're in the world of play. And uh, those of us of a certain age are going to re might remember the Seinfeld episode where all the adults get a childhood toy, like Elaine is playing with the Easy Bake Oven, and some of the men are playing with like their little action figurines, and it was kind of fun. Like they're all accessing their inner child and getting to play with the toys they might not have had when uh, when they were little. So I'm just reminded of that episode. It's really funny. Um, but yeah, I think my my resistance to any inner child work is because. If I'm experiencing resistance now in my adult life, and I can trace that back to an inner child, it's because that inner child was also resistant. Um, so I might have resistance to play, um, like taking time off and, and just enjoying being in the moment, because there was a real emphasis. I mean, I played a lot when I was a kid, but there was a real emphasis on like utilizing every minute, mm. not wasting any time, mm. and kind of like not valuing just playtime as valuable time. Um, especially as got older, like the older child and and teen. Um, so for me, if I'm resistant now and it is related to any kind of inner child, then probably the inner child is also feeling some resistance. So we got to have to work at like two levels now and the, and the kind of frozen part of me too. Right. I feel like there's one other aspect that maybe we don't even realize it, but I feel like sometimes we can block out memories of childhood. And so in a sense, that is a form, I feel like it can be a form of resistance, right? Because if there's been some deep trauma and we don't want to remember that, then that's there. And it's like, okay, let's, let's honor that and also open the space up for ourselves of, okay, if I were a child in this moment, you know, connected to the purity of who I am, how would that part of me want to express that creativity, that innocence, that, um, just meeting things with curiosity really is, I feel like that's such a profound part of us. And, and by all means, when it comes to this conversation that we're having, I just want to acknowledge, I am not a therapist. I'm not a professional by all means, if this is bringing something up within a listener, please honor yourself in the ways that you need. I think that's just important knowledge. Amy, I think you mentioned something there that is significant that a lot of wounded children don't get. And that's that giving yourself permission to be curious because a lot of times there are like children's curiosity can get shoved down or that like Katie mentioned, just that we're going to take an afternoon just to play that can be like, well, no, you need to do your schoolwork or homework or all this other stuff. You need to utilize every moment. You can't waste time. Right. So then it's sort of dampening or repressing just that natural curiosity will of the dirt and the worms and the butterflies or anything that's just simple gets like you don't have permission to be curious 
And if we can go back and give ourselves that, oh, that's a pretty big gift. Sure. Well, and even this brings up right now in my mind's eye of like when we're younger and I feel like as a younger child, we have this connection to life. You know, some children are able to, to see, how do I want to put it? Um, auric fields, the energy, maybe they see dead people, right? They have imaginary friends. And I feel like as adults, sometimes adults don't understand that, or they're, they've shut that part of themselves off. So they don't get it and they don't believe that. So it's a way of really reaccessing our gifts as well. Katie, anything that you'd like to add to this present moment topic? Full supportive therapy. If this is bringing stuff up, go get it. We've all been there. It's a great tool, <laughs> but don't, don't stop until you find the right therapist. I know it's hard in these post COVID times, but also all for it. You can have therapy and a spiritual experience and they can all go together. Absolutely. Have either of you ever, it sounds like we have, but just in what ways have you worked with the inner child? Katie, you want to start? Sure. <laughs> so the, the one that comes to mind, um, is I think I, I think I did this maybe with my spiritual director a couple of years ago. So I was attending yoga, it was pre-pandemic and Shavasana, the corpse pose is incredibly hard for me. It's not comfortable. It is not a comfortable pose for me. I don't relax. I sit there and get stressed during it. Cause like it hurts my lower back and ugh. I, like, I dread, I dread the part of yoga that most people love the most. Um, even when I make accommodations, but I was sitting there. So I'd sit there in frustration after a really nice yoga class and just get mad and frustrated. So I'm like 40, you know, at this point in my life and I'm sitting there just being mad at yoga and it felt very juvenile and I knew it felt very juvenile. And so I, I kind of brought it up to my spiritual director um, and she was like, well, like, is there another age where you felt similar? I was like, oh yeah. Like when I was 13 and I was made to go basically do stuff I didn't want to do. Cause you know, I was 13 and couldn't drive. I was like, and I, I don't know, I, I can just imagine, I don't, I don't have a specific circumstance, but um, being at a musical lesson or something, really all I wanted to do was just go be by myself, read my book in the car. So I gave my inner 13 year old permission, the one who was getting really frustrated with having to be there and be still and be in a position she didn't want to be in, um, to go to the car, like literally in my mind, I gave her the keys to the car. I'm like, go do whatever you want. If you want to go read a book, go read a book. No one's going to bug you. I was like, hell, you can take the car around the block. It's imaginary. No one's going to get hurt. It's fine. You want to drive, drive, have like go wild, have fun. Um, and so just giving like that little piece of me permission, let me calm down enough in the pose to figure it out. So I wasn't nice. just sitting there being frustrated. I then had options. So a small little thing, but it really made a big difference. I love that story. I love that. Everyone has an inner 13 year old just waiting to be unleashed. I guarantee oh, it. Especially because you gave her the keys to the car. Like you, you broke Freedom. the rules. Yeah. Like, yeah, but why not? You're, you're right. She can't like, she can't actually drive. Right. <laughs> it's not going to hurt anybody go. And the, you know, what's cool is the body doesn't really know the difference. Like when we're in the imagination state, the body's feeling every aspect of that. So it does allow that space to relax or to give us what we need in that moment. That's a beautiful share. Thank you, Katie, for I love that. that. But my 13 year old salutes everyone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Andrea? Yeah, I, um, so actually I'm realizing as we, as we're talking that really a lot of my, um, PTSD therapy over some childhood issues was working. It was bringing out the full inner child. And I think a lot of people might not want to do any of this work because they really don't want to look backwards. You know, we don't want to look at ourselves. Yeah. There might be some shame attached to our past selves or our, um, any, it doesn't even have to be a child. It could be our past 25 year old or our past 35 year old, or our past 45 year old, just our past self. Um, but really when I, when I did this, went through this wonderful journey of kind of putting my brain back together with PTSD, it was, it was reliving all, like there were a lot of wonderful aspects of my childhood, but the trauma had eaten it like a big shadow monster. And so working through that, was not just profoundly healing with the trauma, but it allowed things to kind of get back in perspective. Like there is a playful kid in there. Um, and I can tell you, I wish right now I could look back and tell that kid that I am actually a working evidential medium. I'm not getting made a fun of for all of my 
imaginary friends and my joy guide who was standing in the closet trying to make like make me light. Like I'm actually using all that as a respected professional person. And I am speaking. I'm actually on a recorded podcast. That's crazy because my nine-year-old self was afraid to speak in class. I was completely petrified of opening my mouth and having words fall out. You can totally tell your nine-year-old that. Let's. I, I think I just did. Yeah, you just, just did. did. Like that's part of the fun of working <laughs> with the inner child. You can totally update them. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, such a great topic too. Is like, how does it show up? You know, there are certain different ways that it does, and I feel like. And so I want to ask both of you that question, but I'll go ahead and share my experience of how it's shown up for me and how I've even worked with the inner child. So. The inner child work was introduced to me through a mentor of mine and it was totally new. I'm like, what? But I was just open, right? Okay, we'll see what this is about. Let's just see, meet up with curiosity. And I was blown away with finding out where that part of me lived in, within my body, uh, being able to reparent that part of me. So belief systems or ways of being that were born through my childhood, so to speak. It was like, oh, I get to re I get to communicate with this part of me now, find out what it needs, how to shift those beliefs. Okay. And here's the biggie though, as I got to a point in my life and I had gotten out of a relationship that was no longer for my highest good. And I got a phone call or message that my ex-boyfriend had been in a really bad motorcycle accident. And part of me felt like I wanted to go to the hospital and be there and help in whatever ways I could. And then there was another part of me that was like, hell no, we are not going there. Don't even put yourself in that position. Don't even open yourself up to that energy anymore. That is not a good thing. Well, the cool thing about the inner child is I haven't just worked with the inner child. I've had womb work introduced to me. So that's another part of us that can exist, the inner child. And then that opened up the space of like, well, if the womb exists, if that to me, it's more like just a pure energy of a state of being where the inner child has a little bit more of uh, belief systems, like the their innocence, that personality is really there for the inner child. And I was like, well, if those two exist, surely I have an inner child or inner teenager as well, the higher self. So there's all these different parts of myself. So I took a moment and just tapped into, all right, if these parts of me had messages, what would they want me to know? And by tapping into the energy of my womb self, I could feel like almost like a stomach ache type of energy of, ah, that's my experience when I'm with this individual. I, yeah, that's why we don't want to go there. And my inner child was like, I just want him to know that I'm his friend still, that I'm there if he needs me. My inner teenager was like, oh, hell no, we're not going there. Nope. And higher wiser self said, we can still send good energy and healing energy from right where we are. So it brought a clarity that I would not have gained otherwise. So new adventures with the inner child, just all kinds of different stuff, but that's how it was introduced to me. So if there's anything, right, what would we want our, our inner child to know? Like, what is that next best thing? Katie, what comes up for you? Like if you could share something with your inner child that you haven't before, what would that be? I don't know if it's that I haven't before. I think it's more a, a kind of a consistent reminder. It's like, it's okay to not be doing something. Right. And like, I don't have to, not everything has to be scheduled. I don't have to be sort of productive all of the time. Like I can just be. And so, and there's certainly moments, I mean, a lot of time in my childhood where I did do that, but like kind of what Andrea was saying, the overriding parts where I felt like I had to be producing um, can sometimes kind of override that. Um, so for me, it's kind of just updating that child, like, Hey, like, it's a, why, what would happen if we just played and didn't have to kind of do anything? 
Um, so I'll, I'll often kind of go back into my um, childhood trips. We would go to the lake and like, while we were at the lake, actually, sometimes at the lake, I was made to practice my stupid violin. But when I didn't have to do that, <laughs> you know, I could just play. It could be just be, we were on the water. Like there was nothing to do, but just kind of be right. So that's a, maybe more not to tell myself, but kind of a place to go back to and remember when I just want to be and just play. Or when I don't want to be and just want to play, but I know I need to. Such a great reminder. I feel like for me, there was a point of my life, you know, in elementary school, we had playgrounds and then middle school that didn't exist. And so there was this belief system of, oh, in order to grow up, I'm not allowed to play anymore. No, Uh, even animals teach their young to play for a reason. And I feel like that's a vital part of our well-being. So that's the message for my inner child of stay connected to that play, that curiosity, that fun, that joy, like honoring yourself in all the ways that feel true to you. You just, you just nailed a real significant period of probably in all of our development stages, Mm -hmm. including our listeners that Yes. And isn't that where you have to start taking your studies a little more seriously? Are you going to be on the academic track or you got to try out for basketball or cheerleading or whatever sport you're in starts to become more competitive? And for me, as you all were talking, I was remembering dancing. I was I would dance for the sheer joy of movement. And of course, I loved it. But when it became, oh, now you're on a professional track, it has to get really serious like all the joy goes out of it. Cause now it's like, Oh, you have to dance for a productive purpose because you're on a professional track and it's right at that age. One of the, ironically, one of the things I love about living in Ireland is um, the music sessions that happen at different pubs and where people come together and they play their instruments just for the joy of it. Now I tried, so I did not, my, I, I, the violin, I, uh, there's too much like weird and bad stuff associated with it for me. So I don't play it anymore. Uh, I, I didn't even bring it to Ireland, but once in the U S I tried to do this and oh my God, it was this stressful, horrific experience for me. Cause you have to play by ear and you're supposed to listen and learn. It was just counter to the way I learned how to play. Um, and so it's, it's not fun for me to go and do it. It's really fun for me to watch other people just That's play wonderful. for the sheer joy of it. Yes. I love that. That balance is so important of that play and that seriousness of like that balance. And I feel like Andrew, you were just about to say something. So go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to flip the, the, our timeline on its head um, and talk about our future selves just really quickly. When we're talking about what would we go back and tell our previous selves? Mm. I had an experience in, on the coast of Italy, somewhere coming into the coast of Italy to the coast of France there. Um, and I was 18. And as I was falling asleep, this old lady came to me and she was so happy. And she was telling me, I couldn't hear what she was saying, but she was speaking. And I could just feel this energy, these glistening eyes. And I could just feel how happy she was and how happy she was with her life and with her life partner. And it dawned on me, I'm getting chills just now. It dawned on me that I wasn't seeing my great grandmother. I wasn't seeing anything like that. I was seeing my future self. Ooh, like that just dawned on you, like just now. No, dawned oh, on me back then. Back then, okay. But that that let me know, no matter how things, how bad things got in life, I knew I was going to be okay because I saw that lady. Well, I'm just really, I'm really curious if we have a, a short answer or how we all play now. Like, what are ways you bring your play inner child out? Absolutely. We're talking about it being important, but like, what do we do? Like, what do you do for play? (laughs) Okay. I'm going to go into that. I want to share something. I've got two things coming through. Okay. So one of them. Adult appropriate and all that, you know, or not, whatever. We're all grown up. Absolutely. (laughs) 100%. So for me, I've had Metatron's one of my guides and I was shown that if you've ever done this as a little child, but you go outside and you spin around, right. And you have your hands out, whatever, and you're kind of just going around to get dizzy and you fall to the ground. Well, that to me is a way that I was naturally clearing my energy and regrounding myself. So there's a sense of play and fun to it as well as like right now. So I'll just connect, but my relationship with my beloved Polly, Oh, we have, it's that playfulness, that joking, the little sounds that kind of like, 
if you're ever driving a car and you're like turning the corner, sometimes I'll go like, like that playfulness <laughs> coming out in sound. So that's how my inner child <laughs> likes to show up. That's great. I love that. That's I fun. love that. You know, my dogs bring me a tremendous amount of joy and watching them play and playing with them. But here in the summertime in Charleston, the heat is just awful, but we have the ocean and I love going body surfing. And there's something about just like being playing in the waves and letting the waves just take you, turn you upside down, drag you along the sand, <laughs> coming home with sand and pebbles all in your hair and your bathing suit. That's like pure joy for me. Yeah. I like board games. Like I love board games. And at the beginning of the pandemic, my spouse and I bought uh, several new ones and to learn how to play to kind of pass the evenings. I've been maybe told before that I'm too competitive <laughs> with the games. <laughs> so I have to kind of rein in my inner child who feels the need to win. But that's also like fun to me. Uh, if, if I lose kind of fair and square, that's fun. Uh, for me too. But I also love like, it's not an everyday thing, but I love like amusement parks. You, you set mm -hmm. me loose in a Six Flags or in a Disneyland and I'm just thrilled. And so four, like five years ago, probably my, my BFF and her daughter, who at the time was nine, my little goddaughter and I, uh, we all went to Disneyland. My, I realized I was like, I've never been to an amusement park with her. Um, so uh, dear, if you're listening to this, just fast forward another minute or two. Um, but she doesn't love rides and to sort of be out of control like that. I think it's great. So finally, like midway through the first day, I was like, why don't you just go? You look tired. Why don't you just go back to the hotel? And so the nine-year-old and I just got to run around Disneyland and go on whatever rides we wanted because she was kind of being a downer. <laughs> so you give, if you don't like to take your kids to an amusement park, I'll take them. Like I'll have a ball. There's nothing. The only thing I won't ride and it's, it's not me. The only thing I won't ride is if it like teacups, like if it goes around in circles, Ooh. just because I get sick. Like sick. I want to be able to ride it. So I got to talk to my inner child. It throws up on those. Love those. So much fun. Oh, so good. Why don't we dive into like really why go on this type of journey, like the benefits of it, how it's connecting to the healing journey. Andrea, you want to share anything that comes up for you? Yeah, I think it's incredibly powerful to integrate all pieces of ourselves, particularly the parts of ourselves that live deeply buried in the subconscious or the unconscious. And the more that we can bring the unconscious conscious the more magical and full our lives are going to be. So I think that's, I, I just think always having that awareness that there's more of you lurking beneath the surface that might be wanting to come out is a powerful, tremendous tool for living your fullest life. And honestly, I, I'm such a believer that, I mean, literally because I'm a medium, I'm around people who've who've suffered loss and constantly. So it's very significant to me to really understand that we're, our life is precious and every moment does count without being too serious that every moment has to count. You know, it's like that, that, um, that balance there. But I think that for me, the more we can consciously integrate all parts of ourselves and really consciously live our fullest life, it's so on our last gasp of breath, we don't have any regrets of the things we didn't do or experience yeah. are the yeah. things we turn to blind eye to. I think all that helps us to just really live the fullest while we're here. It's such a short journey, really. I like that frequency and vibration too, of like, to me, there's something about this, like innocence and playfulness and this just way of being as a child. Right. And it is raising, it helps to raise our frequency our vibration to bring more of that in and that just it's a ripple effect into the lives of others you know i think sometimes my inner child likes to kind of bring out that inner child play from another you know adult from time to time of like look life does not have to be that serious and when we are able to tap into that part of us with like okay can we laugh at the seriousness you know can we laugh at this part of ourselves it just opens up for a greater life. Like you said, Katie, what comes up for you? I've, yeah. Two things. Um, one, I think for 
kind of looking at the New Testament, um, when Jesus says in the Gospel of John that we have to be born again or born from above. Uh, in the story about Nicodemus, where Nicodemus um, asked him, you know, what do, well, let me quote it here. I opened it up. Yeah, uh, Nicodemus uh, asked him, um, we know that you're a teacher from God. No one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. And Jesus answers, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again or born from above. And Nicodemus misunderstands, well, do I go back into my mother's womb and become born again? Jesus says, no, but the implication is that we have to be like children in order to enter into the fullness of our spiritual lives. Um, and interestingly, I just this must have been on my mind, just in my Facebook group earlier today, I posted about the value of curiosity. Mm. Ah. Yeah. And so I think like, I think that's actually the number one mindset thing that we have to have to live full spiritual lives. And that being curious means being childlike. It means putting aside judgments, means putting aside preconceived ideas. So I know that the evangelical kind of Christian born again crowd means something really different from this. But actually, I think the true heart of Jesus teaching on this is that we have to become like a child. So doing the inner child work can help us reclaim that, especially if we never had it, especially if it was lost to us. Um, but we can cultivate that. That's a really good quality. It doesn't mean that we forget all of our, you know, adult cautions, um, things that we've learned. You don't put those aside, um, but they can partner together. I also think that um, doing inner child work prepares us and helps us uh, deal with past life trauma, and it helps us out for any lives we've not yet lived in this linear time here on earth. Um, because if we don't cu cultivate awareness of our inner child, whatever you call it, but if we don't kind of cultivate awareness of that healing journey, we're just going to have to do it again in another life. I don't want to do it again in another life. I want that, new that sounds exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> I want new anyway. stuff to work on, <laughs> new <laughs> elevated things to work on. So um, for, for me, those two kind of balance each other and prompt me to utilize this energy. It brings up that that sense of wonder. I want to say it's Amanda Cook. Mm. I don't know if that's the right name, but she has a song out there and I'll see if I can put it in our show notes for our listeners too. But it, it's a beautiful song. It is, it is about that, like that wonder aspect as a kid and bringing that in and those, those tool, like how to even work with that, how to do that now. So why don't we go into this as we go into the next part of this tools that we can use and work with like how does one even connect with their inner child what do you do what are the benefits you know for me I feel like Claire one of the tools that I'll share here in a moment brings clarity you know and that's like when we're confused we don't know what to do by sitting with these parts of ourselves that helps us to gain clarity in certain ways Andrea do you have a tool that you like to work with I do. Um, but before I get there, I just want to make a comment about the sense of wonder. And really, kids have that. They believe in Santa Claus. They believe in the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy. And, you know, why do we have to grow out of that? Why do we have to grow out of believing that there's no magic on the earth? We know that's not true because as kids, we believe in magic. So if we can continue with that cultivating the sense of wonder. And I think we do that through wildly imaginative stories. So that sense of like, like fun ghost stories, I don't mean horror, but you know, fun ghost stories, fun stories about the magical realm. We all, you know, we all kind of crave that. So I think there there's great stories out there that get us into our imagination, which I think is a phenomenal tool. Um, and also just, um, a funny tool. If you have a piece of your inner child that is just like Katie mentioned, maybe just bratty or snippy or just the perpetual like, nah, 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 nah. you can name it. It doesn't have your inner, your past self doesn't have to have your current day name. You can give that voice a very funny Ooh, name. Like what? So, well, I, I have like my inner example here. There is my inner perfectionist, which probably <laughs> developed when I stopped having fun with dancing and had to start being really perfectionist oriented. Her name is Priscilla, Prissy Priscilla. <laughs> hey, I, 
And that's when she's like constantly like rah, 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 correcting me. And my one of my friends, uh, he, he named his voice in his head Claude. So it is just funny. So just pick a funny name. And of course, I have like powerful names too. Like my my inner Queen Latifah has a name, and <laughs> that oh, inner yeah. rebel has a name. Lucretia is their name. So it's like, ooh, what would Lucretia do? Hmm. <laughs> so that's the tool. Love that. Katie, what would you call your inner child? Like if your inner child had a name, or maybe there's different aspects of the inner child. I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, which one? So the 13 year old that I talked about with the yoga mat. No, it's just Katie. I'm good with that. Like, I don't feel like I kind of have the inner voices that are bugging me. They're more Mm -hmm. asking to be called by name actually. Hmm. So like for me, just at this moment in my life, like it, it feels fine just to kind of call them like to see them, like to call them Katie. Do you, do you have a name for yours that's popping out, Amy? Yeah. Typically I just call her little Amy. That's, you know, she, it's just this magical little girl that just is so connected to life and nature. And what I love about your share, Andrea, is it makes me think of, one of the ways I can work with my inner child child is next time I'm in an environment that's like so serious or maybe something I don't want to be in by having a conversation of how we can like, you know, play with, make it more fun. That's how we're able to create, like improve our life experiences. Like we may not be able to get out of something, you know, a room a meeting, something like that. But if we can be able to play with this inside, this inner voice, this inside part of us. Like it just makes it so much easier. It makes it so much more enjoyable, you know, to make it through some of these maybe more serious aspects of life that we just, we have to be part of, we have to do so beautiful. Um, let's see. Oh, Katie, were you able to share your tool, a tool that you might work with that might be helpful? Sure. I mean, I think just, you know, when we're meeting resistance or, you know, if if something is erupting in our lives and we're not quite sure where it's coming from, I just pause. Hey, you know, is there an age or memory associated with this? And just ask that part of yourself, what does it need? You know, obviously without harming anyone or doing harm to yourself. Um, so you can always use my example of, you know, you metaphorically give the car keys to this kid. Maybe they just need it to be updated about, you know, what you've learned. Uh, they may not know um, all the things that you've learned in life since that moment of of woundedness or whatever it is. Um, and just really listen to them and give them that respect. And I, Andrea, I think you said earlier, sometimes we might feel a lot of shame. Like we feel as adults, well, I should have this figured out. This path shouldn't be intruding on me. Um, and so I think if we can be curious like children and take the shoulds out of there, we really yes. open ourselves to being able to work with this energy um, because the shoulds will keep us stuck, honestly. You know, that arises, especially when you've done a whole bunch of therapy and work on a issue and you're like, that is still there. That nine-year-old is still there. It's oh my gosh. Yeah. It is. But you know what? The more work you do, the quicker, the quicker you're able to address that need and integrate it and move on the next time. Yeah. And we have a little inside joke here of like, are you shooting on yourself? So next time you say should, you know, just be, you know, Hey, it's okay. Just be, I could. Right. But quit shooting on yourself. Yeah. Well, and honestly, I'm maybe a little unrelated to inner child, but the more we say, I should do this, or I need to do this. What we're actually saying is there's something I know I'm supposed to, and I'm putting that big air quotes, be doing, and I'm just not doing it. And that pretty much tells the universe you don't actually want to do that. Yes. And so I just, I truly try to eliminate those words from my vocabulary. And so I think doing the inner child work can actually help with that. It's actually key to manifesting because we're in the present moment. We're feeling the feelings and we're projecting those from our past to our present to our future. And that really is where manifesting is about. So for no other reason, do your inner child work because it'll help you have the present you actually want to have. And that's one way that it can show up too, is if I'm not wanting to do something like, okay, what part of me doesn't want to do this? And what part of me is wanting to do this? And where is that? Like, how do I bridge the two of, I don't want, and I do want, right. There's a recreating it. That's a speaking, it's a listening. 
So my one of my tools is listen to these parts of ourselves. Even if there's nothing that this part of us wants has to say, just the fact that you're being with it and you're open, it's that sense of belonging. And instead of trying to change something or judging something as wrong, really meet it with curiosity and see, explore, right? There's another aspect of the child. Explore why this might be arising. What are the feelings? What are the messages of what is being felt? That is the soul wisdom. That is how the inner child can be one of our greatest allies and one of our greatest tools. Listening and being with. Mm, So yummy. Well, I feel like, is there any maybe final messages that we want to share before we go into a meditation practice? Um, Yeah, let's share some of the resources. Like I feel like we've mentioned a lot and kind of thrown a lot out there. Um, One, we've talked a bit about therapy today and um, a therapeutic tool that's really helpful for inner child work. It's called parts work and it's integrated family therapy. And there's integrated family family therapy therapists and also people who are not um, trained therapists, but they get trained in IFT and integrated family therapy. So if this kind of work of like working with your inner six-year-old, working with your 13-year-old appeals to you, that might be a worthwhile thing just to seek out. Katie, what is that? What is integrated family therapy? Yeah. So it's this idea of like that there's parts within us and we work with the different parts. So you have a part that's feeling protective or a part that's feeling um, wounded or a part that's feeling fragile. And you kind of using your imagination actually have all these parts talk to each other to integrate. That's fabulous. Yeah. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool technique. I I also feel like, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, I also recommend The Wonderful World of Sesame Street. That's a nice documentary about Sesame Street and how Sesame Street helps teach children how to play. Mm, Love that. So good. Speaking of children, the movie Inside Out, I feel like it does a really wonderful job of showing like these inner parts of us that can exist and like exploring them and uh, just really being with meeting that with curiosity, being with that of like, what parts of you are showing up listeners? What does your inner child want to be called? Where does that live within you? So really being with that. Um, I feel like someone had mentioned uh, Carolyn Miss also, maybe, um, I don't know if it's her books or something that has speaks about the inner child yeah like her her book sacred contracts it's, it's a very complex book and it's really about archetypes but some of those archetypes are the different parts of the children that live within us the playful child the wounded child the hurt child all of that so it's mm. worth a look if you're up for a pretty serious read it's not it's not a quick read readers it's a it's a it's a it's a sit down and take your time with it kind of book deeper yeah And I also feel like we are resources too. You know, I know that's something that I work with my clients is the inner child creating new, reclaiming that power. And I feel like Katie and Andrea, you probably both have aspects that you can offer too. So I welcome our our listeners to reach out to us. If this episode calls to you, if you feel like maybe one of us can assist you within your journey, by all means, email us at magical mystical journeys at gmail.com. Anything else, ladies? Any final messages from our inner child to the inner child of our listeners that are out there? No, I'm ready for the meditation. Yeah. Okay. So this meditation that we're about to go into, um, you may want to have a journal if you're someone who likes to just kind of take note of your experience or um, the messages that might come through during this. I highly encourage and recommend a journal. Regardless, get comfortable. If you're driving, by all means, maybe you can tune in. Don't close your eyes. Stay open. But just notice what comes up for you. And revisit this when you really can be fully present with it. I think there's a lot of value within that. And I also want to don't don't let it stop you. You know, if you're driving, that's okay. Just honor what's in the present moment as we're talking about this and 
spill into your truth and your reality. So get comfy, be in a good spot with intention of the highest and greatest good and connecting with the inner child. Take a deep breath in and pause, hold. We'll do a verbal sigh. <sighs> Let's do that three times with the intention of connecting with the inner child, feeling safe below us, held by Mother Earth, that support below us. Taking a deep breath in. Pause. Hold. A big sigh. <sighs> welcoming in the guidance from above the divine breathing that into your crown that light pause and relax <sighs> take a moment just to scan your body just to notice what you feel within yourself. From your head, your heart, your arms, your tummy, your legs, your knees, your feet. Just notice what you're noticing within yourself. Now take a moment and ask where your inner child lives within you. Maybe there's a felt sensation. Just notice if anything shifts, if anything is new. Connecting to the inner child within. Where do you live? How will I know that you're present? And if you feel something, take note of that. And if you don't, that's okay. Sometimes the inner child does not show up as a felt experience within the body. You'll just know when you know. Now think of a time that you were a child, maybe something you loved, an experience that lifted you up, lifted your spirits. That joy, that laughter, that love curiosity, that fun, something about you as a child, or maybe you had a rough childhood, maybe something that your inner child would love to experience, a freedom, a joy, that spark of life. Play, purity, curiosity. Be open to your unique experience. What you loved as a child. Taking a moment. Imagining that child standing next to you, holding the hand of this child. Maybe you're walking, maybe you're sitting. It doesn't matter what you're doing or where you are. It matters that you are with this child. Is there something that your child self wants you to know? Is there something that your child self needs?
Is there something that you would like to share with your child self? Take a moment and give gratitude for the opportunity to connect with your child self. Is there something that he or she would like to do? Personal time with you. Maybe there's a love language that the child has that might be different from you now, or maybe it's the same. How does a child like to express love? How does a child like to receive love? In what ways can you give that to yourself now? Take a moment, just be with that child in whatever ways you need and want. You have the opportunity to reconnect with this part of you anytime you choose, anytime you need. Giving love and gratitude. Take a moment and hug yourself. Hug this child within of you, of her, him. That encouragement, the words that we speak to ourselves are those words that we would say to a child. Maybe there's some words of encouragement that you can give your child right now that part of you that you need to hear. Being open to any messages for the highest and greatest good. You got this. You're doing a great job. Or maybe it's it's okay. Every time we fall, we get up and we rise even higher. It's time to come back to this present moment. Before we do, let's give maybe another little squeeze to this child self. Thank you for being here. I love you. And when you're ready to open your eyes, I welcome you to do so. Mm. Welcome back. I'd love to hear if anything arose for either of you. If you're open to share. I just had fun and it dawned on me that the joy that I receive when I'm watching my dogs play at the dog park or in the yard when they're just wild and free and wrestling. I was like, oh, that's because I want to do that. Mm. <laughs> Run wild and free and wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> Big furry animal <laughs> and have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I 
I, it was interesting. I connected like the part of me where she showed up was my solar plexus. And I was like, well, that's interesting, like personal power. Um, but it was the, um, the memory of like doing gymnastics, which was, I loved when I was little. And I think the last time I did gymnastics, I was maybe a freshman in high school. I do know y'all do not have the body type for like success, like successful, whatever that is gymnastics at all. I didn't, when I was little, I don't know. Um, so I wasn't ever particularly good at it, but my inner child sure is. <laughs> yeah. Like she can do backflips and back handsprings and all of that. So I was like, oh yeah. And that like power center. Yeah. She can, she can like generate, like generate energy for me. She can, she can go all day long. I love that. That's how I feel with dancing too. Back in that age of just free, like you can do anything. Mm-hmm. She didn't have it. She didn't have a shoulder problem either. So. what about Mm. what about you amy was like were you able to go there as you're offering the meditation or more guiding this time yeah it was more guiding i feel like as the like the love the hugging the being with that squeezing of the hand of my child just like that presence i have a wonderful relationship with my inner child this is something that i bring like to me she arises in the moment in my thoughts when I need to connect with her. And anytime that happens, I take that as a signal. Okay. This is an opportunity to do so in whatever ways we need. So I absolutely love it. You know, I'm just realizing, um, bringing this into my conscious awareness that I was feeling in my heart shock, like in my chest, that lightness, which is telling me how much heaviness and sadness I've actually been carrying around lately. And I needed mm-hmm. like that freedom, that lightness in my chest during that meditation. I really needed that. So that's where I felt in my body. So that, I thought that was really helpful, Amy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would acknowledge too, I kind of tuned out during the, like, give your, you know, the, the squeeze or hug part, because um, a lot of children are forced to sort of give physical affection when they don't want to. And so my inner mm-hmm. child was like, I'll do a back handspring. Thanks nice you know <laughs> and so if there's anyone who's resistant to that there may be good reason for it right so there's yeah. not that there's not a time yeah. and place for that there is uh but minor child was like i'm good, <laughs> I'm good. such a good point asking permission too yeah you know yeah even is if you're okay imaginary if hug you. yeah yeah i was i was feeling my granddad give me a hug Oh, that's what I was feeling like, like me being really little and him bending, you know, having to bend over and hug me. That was great. Yeah. Beautiful. And your doggies, I hope. Yeah, that's it. I'll tell you what, animals are a great way to like, just especially dogs that, you know, that play that fun, that man, they do such a good job of helping activate that inner child Mm -hmm. within us. So your cats will innervate in, um, interact your, uh, with your teen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right i love that. that that could be a whole episode on its own right yeah. <laughs> oh wonderful thank you all for joining us uh if you would like to reach out to us connect with us share experiences maybe how you play with your inner child where you found your inner child within your body any messages that came through for you, we would love to hear from you. Email us at magicalmysticaljourneys at gmail.com. Well, Katie, you want to share with them uh, where else they can find us? Your inner child wants you to rate us on iTunes. Yes. And don't delay because you'll forget and your inner child is going to go off and play. So just stop what you're doing right now. Just click the little five stars, four stars, one star if you love us, if you hate us. And it really, really helps if you actually write a review as well. Just bumps it up into the algorithm so that other people can find uh, find this work and, and share it with them. Awesome. You can follow us on Facebook and be sure to share with those who may really appreciate this episode. We would love that. Thank you for being here with us and many blessings. Thank you all. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.